for me, if the music is about three minutes, two hours, and the choreography is done. But that moment, I made the choreography about in about um, a week because um, I don't know how to be concentrated. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Baladins Live podcast. I'm your host Jana Komarnitska and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Baladins art form. Plus, I really like like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Jelena and Baladance Evolution are back, taking their show and programs across the globe. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much the experience with BDE pushed their dance career. You can have it too. Audition for Jelena's latest production and join Jungle Book cast. All details at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. I have a question for you. How many of you experience difficulties creating choreographies? Or maybe I should phrase it differently. How many of you ever experienced a creative block? Then you don't know how to start, you don't know how to approach, or how to continue, what to do next, or which music, genre, or anything like that to choose. And uh, choreographing, it's... um, special skill which is different than performing which is different than teaching it's a separate profession but in belly dance world we are so used that it's all together very often you kind of expect it to be a teacher performer and choreographer and to be honest creating choreographies right now it's literally on my list to do the hot subject the hot topic that is currently on my agenda because i'm in the role of creating a bunch of choreographies in advance for the yana dance club to make sure i am not uh, caught uh, by surprise by any force majeure situation that 2022 taught a lot of lessons but also to make sure we are ready to actively travel at some point soon so right now it's kind of on a roll it's a list of the whole choreographies i need to do within a month or two and i'm so lucky that right now it feels like going nicely and creatively but i remember even like 10 months ago actually 10 months ago it was un manageable even to think about creating something new because the stress the war the beginning of war it was just so overwhelming that the only thing that you could do is like freeze and watch news and now it's a little bit more manageable but even this regardless of this really stressful situations previously like two three years ago uh, as an active also performer I remember that sometimes it just doesn't go it doesn't work out it's like you choose the music you kind of like the music it's not the question of it you are inspired by it but you're not really inspired it's like you really don't know how to finish so I'm really curious how many of you have experienced anything like that 
And I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in sharing those moments of frustrations of how to create choreographies. And this is such a delicate and specific topic. That's why I was so happy to have our today's guest on the podcast and talk specifically about this subject. Diana Garnik is the director of D-Dance Studio in Khmelnytsky, Ukraine. She was the winner of Al Hayat Festival, recipient of the third place at Rocks, of course, festival by Randa Camel and many other international competitions. Diana is famous for her dynamic modern Iraqi performances just as much as her love for Khaliji, Shabi, Tabla Sola, classical and lyrical songs. And she's also very active as a choreographer, not just as a performer. So you may really enjoy having your next show choreographed by her. <laughs> but that also was exactly the subject, the main topic of our today's conversation. We talked about creating choreographies and all sorts of things in situation, creative, creating them under the stress and the topic of creativity when we are experiencing really overwhelming emotions, not even related to dance. We also talked about creative blocks and she gave some tips from her experience, how she works through them. We talked about differences between choreographing for yourself and choreographing for others. Also, specifically choreographing for workshops and how different it may be from teaching the class or even the same creating choreographies for specific person or for yourself. And here it is a workshop. Does it require anything special or not? So the main subject of our conversation was definitely around uh, choreography, the process of choreographing. But of course, as usual, we dive in different uh, side tangents. And one of the interesting uh, topics was also brought up is Diana's uh, uh, belly dance journey in general, the beginning of her journey and how she started teaching very early. She actually stopped choreographing there early too, at the age of 12, but also started teaching at that age. And that's what you will discover more about uh, different stories, different paths of different ballet dances, but also how things are in different corners of this world and how one country may be different from another. And we often talk about mentality of dance, so their style or presentation on stage, but there is also a lot of things different behind the scenes, what inform what we actually see on the stage. So all this and more as usual in our today's episode. And on this note, let's enjoy the interview. Stackable Drills is a tool that helps belly dancers to drill their technique. This is your perfect guided lead and follow training companion. Maximize your practice time by following pre-made sequences or by doing your own selection of available one-minute drills and stacking them into a playlist perfectly tailored to your own needs. You can sort by levels and topics and you're guaranteed to never fast forward or skip a section again because it's all about dancing with no talking. Just press play and drill the move. Full details at stackabledrills.com, direct link in the show notes. Hello, dear Diana. Welcome to the Belly Dance Life podcast. Uh, welcome to 2023 too. Uh, happy New Year. And thank you for agreeing to spend some time with us today to chat and to start this uh, year in such an uh, awesome way as... Uh, uh, doing this interview together with me today. 
Hi, Jana. Hi, everyone who will listen this interview. I'm so happy to chat with you, to share some my story, um, some information that uh, you may like. And uh, I uh, want to congratulate you with the new year, 2023. I'm so happy and let's start, I think. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Uh, and although we are like right now in the beginning of 2023 and uh, like this nice mode of new year, new life, how the famous saying says, but at the same time, um, 2022 uh, brought a lot of changes in many lives, in many lives of Ukrainians and Ukrainian dance community. So I kind of feel let's start right away uh, with this. Uh, I kind of can't ignore uh, this topic. So uh, for you, uh, 2022 and obviously the beginning of war, full scale war in Ukraine, uh, how did it influence your life? How did it influence your dance life? And uh, is there anything right now that as Belgium's community altogether we can do and uh, help or support uh, your, uh, your life and your dance activities? Mm. Okay, so firstly about um, my normal life. Um, from beginning a war in Ukraine from uh, 21st of February, uh the, my life and the life of my family changed a lot um we are full of stress of panic um because um, in my city uh the war starts a little bit um, later so we don't uh, we didn't hear any explosions on 24th february but uh we started to read the news uh, and also the part of my family um, were uh, occupied um, firstly on 21st February uh, near the Kherson. So we were in panic and we were scared of them and they uh, like called us and uh, tell that uh, the Russian soldiers uh, were in their village and uh, they were so scared, they were in panic, they, were, they called us and asked us uh, what should we do, uh, but um, they couldn't uh, go to us. Because the Russians um, like close every road to get out from the uh, from that part of Ukraine. Uh, so um, I think the first the first or maybe two weeks uh, after the beginning of the war, uh, I wasn't sleeping well I sleep I slept maybe two or three hours in a day because uh, I was too scared I read the news 
about everything. Um, maybe every second. Every second I checked my Telegram uh, channels, news, everything. Uh, and after that, uh, maybe a month after, we had um, first explosions in our city and it was too scared. We, uh, <laughs> we didn't expect that, um, that our normal life will change would change a lot um, after that uh, of course we were in stress uh, but um, maybe um, after three months uh, we start to try to live uh, without stress, without uh, this huge amount of stress, we try to um, like live normal. And uh, of course I tried to back to dance because uh, I don't believe <laughs> that I can live uh, without dance any time, but um, these three months was difficult because uh, my mood um, wasn't uh, that fine to dance. But after I started to dance, I started to um, like writing to my students and in Ukraine also, um, they're almost children. Yes, about uh, nine, ten years old, and uh, I know I knew that uh, they were scared too. But I tried to like make new emotions for them to not live uh, in the whole stress every time. So I write them and uh, tell that okay, we can start to work online, we can do lessons in Zoom, and um, every uh, three days in a week. And my students were very happy to start the lessons online. We started and also at um, that time, uh, Julia Farid, write me that um, Diana, I'm making the new project uh, for Ukrainian teachers. We will do the workshops uh, for all the world, yeah, as students. Do you want to uh, be with me? I said, of course, I will. I, I was so happy because I like to teach workshops very, <laughs> very much. Um, because uh, the normal lessons with students, um, it's a work when you every lesson tell uh, one or two things, uh, things new to your students and you grow your students uh, in a dance way mm, slowly. Slowly, but uh, with uh, so productivity. But workshops, 
yes, uh, it's a um, very fast event when you try to tell everything that you know, everything that you uh, can to the students and uh, you try to um, share all these that uh, in that way when the students can understand you and do what you prefer, you offer them. So I was happy and uh, I did my workshop uh, with Julia, uh, with, uh, the, uh, with her project. And uh, many students from different countries started to write me. So thank you. I was so happy uh, to be on your workshop. And I'll just... Um, I had these emotions, like, um, I don't know how to say, I feel very happy because uh, in that time, I think uh, it was very needed for me. Um, maybe, and after maybe in, in summer, we started to work um, in our city, um, normally in dance classes and um, we were scared uh, because we have a lot of uh, alarms about yeah uh, but um, if something goes wrong we just uh, go home and go to the safe places where we can sit and wait till the end. Uh, so mm, now, of course, uh, we are in panic a little, but I think um, it's, mm, it's 10 months. We are in Ukraine. We see the war and uh, now it's not so scared like uh, it was in the beginning and uh, beside that, beside this, this situation we try to live normally we try to um, dance we try to uh, go to any festivals and um, like um, we try to feel normal like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's quite a crazy ability of our mind to adapt uh, to new reality. And unfortunately, not only like the like famous uh, saying, like, oh, it's too easy to get used to good, but unfortunately, mind gets kind of used to bad stuff too. And it's not that, it's not that the bad stuff becomes normal or okay, it just the survival mechanism in people's mind that uh, it's not like it's less dangerous. Actually, it's in certain ways, uh, in some struggles, even more dangerous, but you kind of have to find this normality and try to move forward and uh, even partially reject like the reality of dangerous, like danger. But at the same time, now I know in Ukraine, there is another very big issue uh, which also influence work and especially dance work in a light space. 
uh, there are many electricity uh, shortouts. So I don't know specifically in your city because it's different region by region, uh, but uh, do you experience this problem now that you have for the day or, or suddenly at some point don't have electricity and actually you can't really do uh, online classes in this case? Yeah. Uh, the electricity now is a big trouble in the, all the cities of Ukraine and of course in mine too. Um, I think uh, the months ago uh, when uh, the electricity troubles uh, started, um, our city wasn't uh, prepared for this. We, um, we had at that time, we had uh, like uh, an about six hours of electricity per day. So um, I I can't uh, uh, okay I couldn't um, make uh, lessons with my students offline and of course online too. Uh, it was a problem first days because. Uh, we were in shock a little. Uh, we tried to catch every moment where the electricity uh, was in our house to cook the dinner, to wash uh, the clothes, to wash uh, ourselves, of course, and to uh, charge our phones, laptops and other devices. Uh, after we like understand that this problem uh, will um, will continue, yeah, uh, we start to think uh, what we can do, and uh, we start to uh, buy some lamps, uh, some portative lamps, some uh, on batteries. Uh, and with charging on USB, uh, we bought this stuff a lot. And um, I, uh, I um, started to take this stuff to my dance classes and work with students when the electricity, uh, when it wasn't electricity in dance class, I just turn on my lamps and um, work <laughs> with uh, the stuff because it, it was the all that we can do in that time. Um, now the situation with electricity is a little bit better in our city. Mm, it's about, uh, we don't have electricity uh, for about four hours in a day and uh, the electricity uh, turning off. Um, we have like uh, four parts of our city that uh, one part turning off uh, in the morning, the second one and later and later and like this. So now it's better with with uh, the electricity. It's better situation now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw crazy videos of uh, uh, currently like dance classes in Ukraine. I don't remember exactly which studio or which city it was, but it, it was just so like goosebumps chilling to see uh, like a bunch of kids uh, in a dance class and it's dark room and some of them wear like, you know, those construction uh, style flashlights that you can uh, put on your head. And they're dancing, like doing, I don't know, Shimis or Zuharzaki or Arabesque steps, uh, wearing those lamps on their head just to provide like some light. And uh, uh, I don't know, it, it may seem like well, something cute, like once it happened unexpectedly, but considering the reason why is it happening and that it's all the time uh, and how many people are without lights. Uh, uh, in the evenings, even day after day, like, okay, even if, even if it's not the whole day, but uh, sometimes you catch, like, light pop exactly when the lights are actually, like, you know, needed after work or during, like, dance class, like, all dance studios and all, uh, uh, all sorts of businesses just like this, they depend on the work in the evening. So for people after school, after, after their main jobs, they go and do some activities like gym or dance or something like that, or I don't know, singing or anything like that. And suddenly it's in the darkness, not to mention day-to-day -day life, like what you were saying, like doing laundry, uh, taking shower or cooking dinner for like, uh, devices that are based on the electricity. Uh, so, for uh, you, I also know that um, during this process, regardless of stress and pressure and worry, you uh, were able not only to teach, but also dive in uh, specifically creativity modes because you also choreographing and you often choreographing for other people that's uh, like creating personalized choreographies and even during this uh, uh, 10 or 11 months of, of huge stress and uh, uh, impact of world events and specifically Ukrainian events on creativity and artistic expression you still were able to manage to create some choreographies. I know because some of my students were saying, oh, we did a choreography with Diana. So how for you it is, because teaching is one thing, it's a little bit, of course, it needs creativity, but it's a little bit more, you know, structured and uh, it's, it's still different than taking a task of creating choreography, regardless for students, for yourself, for someone else who is ordering. So how did it feel for you in terms of creativity? Was it easy to start creating dances in this kind of circumstances? Or was it opposite? Was it like, you know, oh, it's outlet, I can just forget and, and rest during the process. So how was it for, for you specifically? Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a quite mm, difficult question, uh, of course. Mm. When you were in stress, yeah, uh, like about first three months of the war, uh, and I didn't dance, um, I was just, um, when I tried to uh, come back to the dance, to creating new choreographies, uh, 
teaching and else uh, I was like okay be strong <laughs> you are teaching um, about for seven years you can do it and um, it's not a big, big such a problem try to make it good as you did it before this situation uh, the first choreography that I did after this stress uh, was quite difficult for me to create. It was uh, difficult because um, when your mind and um, is uh, like uh, in <laughs> is full of uh, any, uh, other news, uh, yes, uh, like um, some stress situations uh the creativity was very mm, difficult question yeah so i tried to calm down uh go to my room listen to music and start to improvise a lot and uh, i made the first choreography for too long for me um now and before the war, uh, it was okay to create the choreography for about, um, if the music is about three minutes, it's okay for me that I can do the choreography like um, two hours and the choreography is done. But at that moment, I made the choreography about in about um, a week because um, okay I created the first small part and now I'm listening the next part and I don't know what to do I don't know how to um, be like um, be concentrated to structure and create some, uh, no, some, some new part. Uh, so it was difficult, but um, I was sitting and listening the music and again and again. And if I understand, like uh, I don't have, I don't know what to do now, what uh, uh, movement I should create now. I just. Um, See it and search in YouTube some videos from the teachers that I love. And um, I watched the videos. Maybe I saw some movement, yes, or maybe some combination, but I will do like, uh, it like um, more in own style. So it, uh, it, it helped me a lot at that time. And um, with all these, uh, I create the choreography. And after I, uh, after first choreography, I was like, I can breathe more, <laughs> more full. I uh, like um, this dance mood, this uh, choreographer mood, and the creativity mood back to me. And I was happy to understand that. Like that. 
<laughs> now it's easier. What is your typical uh, creative process? Because it's quite impressive, actually. Like uh, on average, I understand every choreography will be different, but in a few hours you can come up with a, a dance. Uh, so how do you? So let's say, for instance, if you're talking to someone who uh, never really did their own choreographies and they would like to try, uh, can you share? some insights in your creative, whatever whatever you feel like, organizational, maybe you're doing something like, you know, I did this, this and this, or maybe more like mood and mindset, like, but how is your creative process or process working on choreography typical looks like um, if to share with someone who never did this kind of uh, job? Okay. Uh, it's an interesting question because uh, I think uh, all the teachers, every teacher has uh, like uh, their own um, process. Yes. So my process is like, uh, firstly, um, we, um, if I do the choreography for myself, I search for the music um, for about... Um, Four years, I I love uh, to uh, bring the song for myself from the Egyptian stars uh, CDs, uh, especially from Randa CD, Muhammad uh, Shaheen, and Kareem God. And also, I love I very like. Um, like uh, into um, in the Wild Mansur CD. Uh, I love their music because uh, it's very full of instruments. If we talk about uh, classical songs or measance. Uh, so first I search the music. I'm listening it uh, like for five times to understand that Okay, that's this music is uh, that I want. If yes, okay, I'm started to listen it again uh, because uh, um, I think uh, all the dancers know the Egyptian music, uh, the Egyptian song uh, have uh, has about uh, six and more minutes long and uh, it's too long for competitions it's too long um, maybe for some uh, gala shows so you need to cut it so firstly if i chose the music i'm listening again again and again to understand what parts i like more and what parts i can cut to make the music shorter uh, and uh, it will uh, listening well. So um, after I cut the music, I listening it again and try to improvise. Firstly, uh, maybe uh, three times or four times, I just listening and improvise and. Um, for me, it's better than I improvise and I think what I do 
uh, in the moment. Uh, yeah, and uh, like, oh, this combination was good in that moment. But this moment, I think, to change. And um, in, uh, especially in that moment of the process, I start to create, like, think, okay, here I'm doing the combination, here I'm doing the movement, but maybe an other side. And after, um, when I finish the improvise, I start to uh, think about the beginning of the choreography. For me, the beginning and the end of the choreography are the most difficult because uh, my teachers in my childhood, yeah, in my in my beginning of uh, dance uh, life, they always told me like you should um, do impressive beginning and impressive uh, end of the of your dance the judges and all the people that uh, will would look to you yeah and watch your performance would um, remember you with your beginning and your end so it um, it depends about uh, if, of course with mood. If I'm in good mood and I uh, like uh, feeling that I'm full of creativity, I start to make. If I don't, um, if uh, in that moment I don't know how to do the beginning, I will like. Uh, Okay, I'll do this part later. Now I'm doing um, like the middle of uh, the music. And after that, I'm watching, I'm uh, filming myself with the music. I'm watching and um, to, uh, <laughs> to say more true, yeah, um i think i started to choreograph maybe when i was 12 in that time i didn't feel myself and i like uh, only watching uh, the videos after the competition when uh, where i was uh, performing with my choreography and when i watched the video from the competition i understand why like uh, some judge look at me and uh, the judge didn't understand why I'm doing the combination like that. Uh, it's the problem when you don't see yourself uh, like from the side. And um, after that, I recognized that, uh, okay, you should film yourself, you should watch, and after think, uh, maybe you should some um, change some part, yeah, uh, or cut the music uh, normally, because it can be like small troubles, yeah, when you cut the music and split the parts, uh, you can lose some count, some, some second that you will, here after. So uh, after the film, 
if it's okay, okay, I'm dancing this uh, dance more and more to um, to not to forget any moment and maybe add some more movements. Um, and after, of course, <laughs> uh, my mother is very into in ballet dance uh, from my childhood. Yeah, from my, I think, uh, six years old when I started and till now. She's very interested and um, I'm always uh, share all the choreographies I make to her and she tells uh, her opinion and maybe she tells like, oh, this part um, you can do more, more movements or less movements, try to make it. And I'm listening to her, I'm trying to change something or make something more or less and after if all this process finished um, I'm just uh, performing it and if I see that uh, the choreography uh, and the performance was uh, good at the stage and all the people liked it uh, and um, I'm also like this performance I will dance it again but if not okay I'll do the new one <laughs> like this mm -hmm. so do you record uh, you mentioned about process of video recording so do you record the parts that you already choreographing or do you record also the previous part because you mentioned that before choreographing you just improvise and sometimes you find some combinations uh, so do you record that part too or do you just leave that improvisation part like up to your mind and like trying to get uh, just based on your memory like oh I, I, I like this uh, combo or that combo? Uh, no, uh, I recorded just uh, the part when I dance all the choreography with music um, because I think uh, it's... Um, it's because I have a good memory and um, I just improvise and when I understand that uh, I like this combination, I just uh, remember it. And when I started to create the whole choreography, yes, I just uh, put it because I remember it. I uh, oh. forgot only... Um, I forget only... Um, and I cannot say bad moments uh, in improvise, but um, some moments that I didn't like in that moment, like this. The reason I ask is because uh, for me personally, and I'm sure I'm not alone, like I sometimes when I do improvisation to the song I want to choreograph, like I do something, like, oh, I did something cool, wait, what did I do? How can I repeat? And then, I don't like sometimes lose the I lose the moment that they cannot recreate what I just did. So I was curious because you incorporate improvisation uh, specifically in your choreographing process and specifically for the purpose of finding cool combos possible, cool moments. So I was curious for you, like, do you rely just on your memory or you kind of videotape it just in case you did something cool? Uh, do you actually have this issue of 
in, during improvisation you did something, but you can't recreate it right away on spot, or you never really have this problem? Yes, I had this problem exactly, <laughs> uh, but um, often I have uh, this problem when I um, creating choreographies for my students uh, because. Um, when I started to make the choreographies, my student uh, is with me and uh, like she repeats after me all that I doing, uh, maybe some improvisation. Um, it's like easier for me because uh, when I do the choreography for myself, I'm alone in the dance class and uh, I need to catch every moment that I like in my memory. But when I'm in dance class with my student and I make the choreography for her, um, it's easier for me that I uh, shouldn't remember every moment. But it's uh, more difficult for her because she should uh, remember all the moments that I do. And um, I had this problem by... But I like, uh, oh, I did something cool um, in that moment of the music. And my students, uh, uh, usually, I cannot say always, but usually um, tell me like, oh, yes, you did this and show, show me. And I like, oh, great, you remember it. But if my students uh, didn't remember it, I try to remember, but if not, Okay, we will do, I said like always, we, uh, so I should uh, um, make something better. Like this. You also do choreographies not only for your students, like um, being present in the class, but you also do personalized like orders for choreographies. Have you ever had to choreograph to the song that people ask you, oh, I want choreography to this song, but you actually didn't enjoy the music that much? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have experience in that. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I think I make, made like... Um, two choreographies in my life that I didn't like the song. Honestly, I like, uh, I'm listening to the song and like, oh no, I don't like it. I don't know how to create something when I don't like the song. Um, in my work process, if I make the choreography for some students, uh, I offer them like um, four or five different uh, songs and they, maybe not they, we chose, we chose the song together. I look uh, on the students, yeah, like uh, on the student that I will make uh, the choreography for her, I understand like um, what will, uh, what song will suit her better and um, this student chose the song if it's okay okay let's go so I offer the songs that I like firstly 
But if the student uh, write me to buy the choreography for me, uh, from me, yeah, and uh, she sent me the song. Um, <laughs> you cannot expect, yes, uh, what the song will be and would you like it? So uh, when I do the choreography, when I did the choreography with the song that I didn't like at all, I was just like, okay, listen again and listen again. And uh, in that uh, process, I tried to find some maybe parts of the music or some instruments playing or voice that I will like. And um, when I find this parts of the music of the song yeah uh, this music starts to be more interesting for me and it's easier in that uh, time to create the choreography uh, on high level like this so I just try to find something good in this song to make it more interesting for me like this <laughs> Do you help uh, uh, your students or people like who are choreographers for you to cut the music or is it their responsibility? It, I actually was surprised because you saying that or they, uh, you kind of offer your song. I thought people kind of like request, oh, I want this song choreograph something for me. But it's very smart like to first of all come up with your suggestions because you are the person who will need to push on creativity and obviously it needs something um, to support you and help you. That's something that you enjoy creating to, listening to. So uh, it's very interesting that like, you come up with suggestions for students, but if there is a need, especially for competitions, because you choreograph a lot for competitions and uh, it needs to be shortened version, do you uh, take over the, the process of cutting the music or is it the student's responsibility to kind of come up with the final technical cutting aspect of the song? No, uh, I cut the music for everyone, uh, for myself, um, because uh, firstly, I, um, okay, uh, everyone knows that we hear the music uh, different. Yeah, so maybe if uh, I will hear one song and you, Jana, <laughs> uh, we will hear another instruments yeah like um, you will okay. hear more drum uh for example and i will hear more instrumental part yeah so uh, or um, i will dance more on the voice of the singer uh so in that um, case we should uh, the students should believe the teacher who create the choreography for for her and uh, who find the music for her. I cut the music um, and thinking about uh, if I like if I would like to dance uh, with this music. Yes, when I make it shorter, uh, if it's okay, if it would be okay for me and. Also thinking if uh, it would be okay for the student 
that who will dance this choreography. Uh, and um, of course, um, I mentioned before that I make the choreographies uh, about for seven years. I have an experience to cut the music um, and you will not hear any troubles. Yes, you will uh, listen in it and uh, just uh, think, oh, it's like a full music, but it's short. So that's why I'm cutting the music myself. Uh, do you create choreographies separately for workshops or do you just take choreographies that you originally created for yourself and then teach them on the workshops? I'm not in the regular classes, I'm talking specifically about the topic of workshops. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, okay. Um... I can tell that um, any um, choreography for workshops, I uh, not every choreography for workshops, maybe 95% of uh, the choreos that you can see at my workshops, I made it especially for the workshop. And I made like, um, if it's in Ukraine, I made especially for Ukrainian students yes um, if it's uh, for other countries i try to um, make uh, the choreography to um, for students to uh, catch the level of the choreography yes catch the music catch the mood and everything like this mm, i think uh, i gave um, three or two workshops um, in my life when I um, like present my choreography that I danced uh, on the competition before um, but it it was uh, when um, I come I came to Korea and I had uh, like nine workshops and um, I had like from nine uh, workshops, I had three mejance and uh, I create two new and the one I gave uh, from the competition, but it was the choreography that uh, won uh, the festival um, from Juliana Varonina. Uh, with this choreography, I won the um, in professionals, the special prize and the first place in her festival. So I, I'd like to um, represent this choreography and gave it to the students and like this. Why do you feel necessity of typically creating uh, separate choreographies? Because um, the reason why I'm asking, for instance, uh, is many students, they come to the teacher, they see their performances, uh, they get inspired, like, oh, I want to dance like this, uh, and they come to the class um, to see, like, I'm not talking specifically, oh, I want to dance this choreography, but it's the thinking like, oh, I saw, I like what I saw, I want to dance like this feature, I want to come to the workshop to learn how to dance like her. And um, why, 
from this point of view, you feel the necessity of creating separate choreographies rather than maybe sharing something that you actually originally created for yourself? Uh, maybe... I don't know how to explain, but uh, the choreographies um, that I do for myself, um, at one time, they are very long. Yes, like uh, more than four minutes. And the time for workshop uh, that I have uh, is approximately uh, one and a half hour or two hours. It's not a... um, It's not uh, much time to tell every detail in the the choreographies that I do for myself. Um, And also the second reason um i like um when i do the choreography for workshop i'm um i'm like thinking about uh, that any person can dance it and it um the person will dance it in their own style and it will looks good if I do like more um, for everybody but when I do choreography for myself I'm just uh, thinking of uh, my feelings yeah like uh, should I do more hip drops or maybe something something uh, other yeah so um I think it's better to give uh, the work for the workshops uh, new choreographies, and I'm um, so happy when I see that um, students from my workshops dance these choreographies uh, on the festivals, at the competitions, uh, making some video and post it on Instagram, Facebook, and that's. And else, uh, so um, I'm so happy because I see um, the choreography that I made can suit everyone who will dance it. That's why, because I'm not sure that choreography for myself will suit everybody like this. <laughs> For just to close up this topic of uh, choreography and the process of creating uh, dances, I want to ask you um, for someone who may be uh, feeling struggles with the creative process, like they may choose the music or they may start even choreographing, but then they kind of feel the creative block, like I don't know what to do, it doesn't work out. Can you give a couple maybe tips how to deal with the creative blocks that you feel like ah it doesn't work out or doesn't come together as I wanted or expected or then person just doesn't know what to do next during their choreographing process? Maybe you can give a couple tips like one two tips or suggestions on how to deal with these specific situations. Um. As I told um, you the story before, uh, when I was uh, in stress and made the first choreography after the beginning of the war, yeah, I made it a week, uh, 
but normally I do the choreography, I, I make the choreography for two hours. So in that time, the tip uh, which helps me a lot uh, that I, I watched a lot of videos, especially uh, I watched the videos of Randa because uh, I like her style very much, but uh, her style is a little bit specific and will not uh, suit uh, everybody. Uh, yes, but um, I watched her videos, I tried to catch her mood, trying to listen in the music like she hear, uh, hears the music, yes. And um, after I'm switching to another teacher, I'm watching a lot of videos. I take like, some movements, some combinations, some mood. Uh, so uh, especially uh, if we talk about the music with gestures, uh, with some vo uh, singer voice and like this, you can uh, like um, watch the video and uh, catch the gesture on the word that you will have uh, in your song. You can, um, after that, search for this gesture, if it's right, if it's okay, and if you are confident that you uh, it will suit to your choreography, you can take this gesture. And um, believe me, it will um, give you more, like, um, inspiration, and you will be more interested in creating you will be in good mood because oh i find i find uh, like um, interesting combo with hip drops like and um, omis yeah i didn't um, do it for myself before and i didn't know that it can be like this okay i will take it and try to uh, put in my choreography. It will uh, inspire you more to work harder on your choreography, uh, to create something new after. Uh, so if you create something new, yes, if you are in good mood, um, after when you share the video or some people will watch your uh, performance they will look on you and they're like uh, oh that's great movement i didn't do it uh, before so it's the normal way to share uh, some movement some combination some style like um, um, emotions to the other girls and dancers. That's how we share. But um, maybe someone um, doesn't understand it well and think if you will watch like video and take some movement from the video from the other teacher. So uh, if uh, the dancer will do it, she will be very wrong because it's a big problem. Not, no, it's not a big, uh, big problem. It's okay. 
you are sharing, uh, the teacher shares uh, this with you and you will share with other girls. It's okay. So just uh, watch the videos. It helps a lot. And uh, also try to improvise more. If you don't know how, um, what to do in that moment of the song, try to improvise. Improvise uh, after watching videos. Improvise before. Improvise after. Try to um, like switch yourself to another um to a, another uh, maybe a room no in the, uh, not in dance class but maybe in your bedroom it's okay i'm dancing a lot in my bathroom when i'm <laughs> when i do my evening routine in bathroom i'm just uh, i'm always turning the music or turning some videos uh, yes i hear the music and i'm trying to dance and uh usually it helps a lot to maybe create something some combo some movement that i haven't seen uh on anybody before and uh, i see that this, this moment suits me that's it <laughs> well that's a cool uh, idea and uh uh, not only switch uh, like you know times, but also switch environments uh, that can uh, unlock uh, creativity and also taking it a little bit easier. Because I'm sure when you're doing the, your evening routine in bathroom, you're not coming there with a task. Okay, now I have to solve that creative block and come up with a movement. But more like you know, letting it be free and your mind just play around like without any goal and that's where sometimes something interesting will come up and obviously the point that you were talking about videos and getting inspiration from others there is a huge difference between copying i don't know half of the dance or even big part of the dance and getting inspired by one or two elements or even like combos combination of movements uh, it's a different and i think that's where many misunderstandings comes from dancers like oh is it correct or not correct uh, because you need to feel uh, the light of where you are trying to simply copy someone or where you're trying to get inspired by someone, even if it's based on specific like this or that movement. But it's a different, um, even the goal or uh, intention of why you're watching those movements, uh, what for, uh, there is a very big difference between, between these two activities, let's say. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you start choreographing at 12 years old and that you start doing ballet dance at 6 years old. So I typically start uh, every interview with this question of the beginning of ballet dance story, but now I kind of felt like we went to a side tension and now we are coming to a logical spot to ask you, can you share about the very beginning of your ballet dance story at six years old, like what you remember from that time, how did you end up giving ballet dance class, did you like it, did you not like it at first, and how everything actually started for you? Okay. <laughs> um... Okay, this is a long story, but I will tell it faster. <laughs> okay, so I started to dance at all at five years old. 
I just um, went to the dance studio in my city uh, where I dance every style for a little, like belly dance in uh, pants, if you know what I mean. Uh, some disco, some Latin dances, um, hip hop, it was all together and we like uh, just uh, dancing for the series uh, TV. But um, I was um, I was dancing and I was uh, learning in this student uh, this studio for about a year. And after, in the summer, I went with my relatives uh, to the like dance camp from another organization and studios. And like um, I firstly, uh, I first seen belly dance like competition. Uh, not only belly dance; it was uh, different sli- uh, styles, but I liked the ballet dance because beautiful girls in skirts, uh, with makeup, with uh, hairstyle. I was very inspired of this one, and I'm. I tried to dance uh, when I was in this dance camp. Like uh, there, I found my first teacher of ballet dance. And um, it was a very funny situation. The next day competition, um, like it had to be uh, for tomorrow. And uh, in exactly day, I just, uh, my uh, grandma uh, uh, borrowed with us my um, costume with pants for belly dance, like top and pants and um, with some sparkles on it and told me, do you want to try to compete? I'm like, oh, I'm so scared because I I cannot dance belly dance. But she found me, the, my first teacher and um, before the competition, before like uh, three hours uh, and uh, the competition it will start, uh, I standing in the hall of the building uh, near the mirror with my first uh, teacher and she um, shows me the basic movements that I can do. I'm learning it very fast. And go make some makeup, uh, yeah, and uh, hairstyle. And I uh, went to compete. I'm like, uh, I wasn't the winner. I think uh, I um, get some fourth place. But it was very, it was very good result for me because. I'm not dancing belly dance uh, like for a month, for a year. I'm just learning some uh, some basic movements before the competition. Of course, in, yeah. In that exact day. Yeah, and I was like, oh, great, okay. 
I want it. And uh, we come back um, to my city and um, my uh, grandma um, uh, get the contacts of my first teacher from the camp and she was um, she was she has a studio in my city and I uh, went there but my first lessons was very funny I came with my mom and I was very shy in my childhood and uh, I'm mm, I was a little bit like scared to uh, be alone without my mom next to me so I'm just uh, maybe two or three lessons of the first lessons I'm sitting uh, on the chair and just look uh, how the dance lesson uh, begins and uh, continues uh, and uh, after that, um, my mom told me, like, uh, okay, try it. Try if now we will find something else. I was like, okay, I will try. And I'll try. I was very into. And um, I can say that I'm um, my dance um, way were was too fast a little so um every mo every movement that i learned i'm learned uh, i learned it uh, very fast and good so i'm started to go to the competitions uh all over the ukraine every weekend <laughs> my mother, my father, and my teacher, we go to like Ternopil, Kyiv, uh, any city of Ukraine. Um, and it was very good time. And uh, after uh, the situations will, were changed, and um, I need in that time. I was need to um, try the teaching from other teachers in my city and I take the lessons from another teacher. She told me a lot. Uh, she teach me very, uh, I think, very special, not only movements, but um, like thoughts that I uh, live with them till now and um, after I have like uh, I had in that time two teachers um, and uh, to continue the story uh, after my first teacher uh, came back to Ukraine because uh, she was abroad for a time uh it was the situation when i was needed to switch the teacher to um, go to another studio and um like change everything in dance life 
So, uh, if I um, when I uh, change it all, um, I was like um, 12 years old, and my new dance teacher that I known before, but uh, now she became my teacher. Um, I was like, um, I came to her with my mom. My mom told like, okay, can we learn from you? And uh, the teacher said, okay, great, of course. And um, she uh, tells me after a while, like, um, do you want to try to teach? To, to the children because she now uh, she knew me very well um, and um, she like uh, told me you can do it you can try how old and you were there back then 12 12 uh-huh yeah at 12 years old i started to teaching but i'm started to teach uh, to the children uh, not very small like uh, five um, from five to eight years old children. And uh, I started from like one lesson for a week. So two lessons for a week, um, my teacher teach them. And one lesson in Friday, uh, on Friday I was teaching, but my teacher sitting in that moment, sitting uh, in the dance, uh, class and uh, watched everything that I told the children that I showed the children so she controlled the process of my teaching and that's why uh, of course <laughs> we are all the people yes we can do um, some wrong decisions wrong uh, things uh, but she told me, like, okay, in this point you are wrong, try to fix it. And uh, I'm I, I was listening to her, uh, like, um, to her uh, words and, okay, okay, this I'm understanding, this, okay, I try to fix. Uh, if I'm not, if uh, I was not sure about something, I just um, ask her and she uh, tell me how to fix, how to do and like this. And after that, I'm starting um, to make workshops. Firstly, I did workshop I had um, in Kiev. I think uh, in um, association of uh, uh, Eastern dance in Ukraine, it was like um, summer session where all the teachers come together and teach their choreographies or their some topics of workshop um, for an hour. And the, the organizer invites me and tells like, Okay, try to do the workshop. So it was my first workshop at 12 years old, of, of course, and uh, I was scared, but it was a very uh, good experience. 
and uh, I can say it was uh, the workshop was good. It wasn't so bad as I uh, I was expected. It's so incredible to hear how in Ukraine there are so many stories of, uh, first of all, dancers starting super young, but also yeah. start teaching young. This is so uncommon and I can only imagine the reaction of like listeners all over the world, like that it would be not um, something not even to imagine happening in like their country or in their like uh, schools or anything like that so but it's interesting how it's not first time um, that we hear stories of kids uh, young children in ukraine like trying tapping to teach too uh under obviously under supervision of their own teacher but it's just interesting how like it's different mentality and different approach to dance and to to teaching and it's not only you teaching kids, it's you learning during the process of teaching as well. And that's the point probably for your teacher to put you to teach um, at the first place. But uh, I have a tricky question. Oh, one more tricky question. You as a teacher now, because you have many students among kids, uh, would you uh, put anyone at this young age to try to teach uh, other students? Uh, I think yes, um, but um, again, like I will do like my teacher, I will control the process, uh, but um, it can be like uh, any uh, situations when I'm abroad and my lessons should be continued yes mm, it was uh, the situation it were the situations um, before the war uh, when i'm uh, like teaching in my dance school and uh, i was uh, uh, need to come to korea for two weeks and um, it was like um, october i think Yes, so the study process starts in the school and also in the dance school and students uh, want to continue the lessons, but I am in Korea for two weeks. I like uh, ask my the oldest, uh, yeah, I think uh, she was the eldest uh, student in my school to teach when I will be um, abroad uh, okay. she was too happy but um, at that point I wasn't too nervous to leave my students on her because uh, she also has uh, had <laughs> she also had um, not only one teacher so uh, she had like more teachers than I for her dance way. And um, she knows the different ways of teaching. And uh, she uh, knows the children well. And the children knows her and uh, they was listening to her. They uh, did everything she told them. Of course, I was prepared for this situation and um, I'm just uh, 
I'm, I've learned with my students some choreography, not very difficult. And uh, their um, goal was, and my elder students' uh, goals was uh, like to, I said like clean. To polish. The, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they have dance, yes, they have uh, a work, they have a goal. They have uh, a big um, amount of uh, uh, different movements for, like, improvise, yeah, and maybe some create some creativity, like uh, um, moments, like to create some combination and like this. Also, I controlled all the process when I was in Korea. I uh, I write to uh, I wrote to my student, and she tell uh, she told me like, oh, that's okay. Um, some student was very um, tired today, but it's okay. She done everything good, and um, that's why I was like. Mm, not nervous about this situation but now um um as you know the me veronika shulkevich anna chipet we were the first um, young teachers in ukraine and um it was like a shock in the first time for everybody but now it's like a trend every kid wanted to be famous to be a teacher and um, sometimes not all the dancers like uh, juniors dancers like age 15 16 are good enough to teach also, we know that a uh, good dancer can be a bad teacher, and a bad teacher can be uh, a good teacher can be not a very like famous dancer. Yeah. So in that point, um, very um, very good percent of girls, young girls, who now are want to teach to be famous they are um, just uh, try to find some easier ways that uh, that we with the girls that i mentioned before um, come through so now the easier ways is like to post on everything on Instagram to get more followers. Um, and um, if you have more followers, it's like um, this thoughts of uh, any any person. I think if uh, the dancer have many followers, okay, that she's amazing, she's good teacher, yes, or maybe. Um, is the first like situation the second situation the girl dances good but not good enough to 
teach she dance good but don't know to how to um explain movements uh combinations feelings emotions technique to, to the student and that's why it's big problem i saw many girls who like um bought some choreography some lessons from teachers not only young teachers but i'm i have uh, heard that before so and i'm was looking to the student this and um i found many problems that that teacher made for students for example um not very aesthetic hands yeah like arms are uh, not long their uh, the elbow goes down uh, your uh, feet like scrunched inside uh, your knees are not together when you dance especially when you sit in the plies in other movements in the technique so that's why you for a tip for young girls who wants to teach uh, try to firstly um, explain all that you do to other if you are good with it okay try to teach Mm, and for girls who want to try something new from um, from every teacher firstly uh, look at the teacher very <laughs> very good uh, look at the different videos maybe some uh, choreographies that this teacher creates for somebody how somebody uh, dance it and uh, understand if it's okay to your style or not because we have egyptian more egyptian style and more like classical um, with bali uh, style so you need to firstly think which style do you prefer do you dance and from that moment cho- choose the teachers in your way, in your style, like this. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And uh, thank you for also, like, uh, I think this tip is actually good regardless of your age. Are you young, <laughs> young dancer or not young dancer? But for everyone who wants to start teaching, it's a cool way to check or train the teaching skills by just try to explain to a friend or a uh, relative or anyone you can find to see if they can understand what you're trying to explain and that's how you gain teaching experience before you even start actually teaching. So thanks for sharing it. Uh, and also thank you so much for this amazing conversation. Like time flew so quickly. I'm just amazed and I know we can talk hours and hours about dance, <laughs> dance life. It's a topic that we definitely all share as our passion and regardless of what's going on around it's something that can inspire and and uh, uh, fire that uh, energy in eyes and in souls so thank you so much for spending this uh, time with us and for sharing about your 
um, dance life and about your dance experience. And we talked a lot about creativity and choreographing process. So I really thank you for that. Uh, before I ask you our final uh, traditional question of the podcast, I would uh, ask you also, where can our listeners find you and connect with you? Do you have any preferred social media or any other like source that you want them to direct to? And is there any way they can... Uh, Uh, support you and your activities uh, right now in current circumstances of what's going on in uh, in Ukraine and in your dance life. Okay, you can, uh, all the followers uh, can uh, find me on Instagram. It's uh, the most, um, for me, um, easier social media when I post everything, the videos, the photos, and some times the stories about uh, the situation in Ukraine, uh, the situation maybe in the dance uh, life of Ukraine, yes, some competitions, some festivals, and like this. So uh, you can find me there. I'm Diana Garnik Official. You can write it in Instagram and you will find me. And I will uh, happy to welcome you on my Instagram page, like this. Also, you can search in YouTube. I have a channel, but um, because uh, with of the problem with electricity, I cannot upload on all the videos that I have, like this. <laughs> Well, uh, I also will add uh, uh, from my side that for um, all listeners, okay, maybe uh, reaching out to take uh, classes online may be a little bit complicated, although now the schedule of electricity is a little bit more stable, but there's always an option of collaborating on some choreographies and you shared so much into your um, insight and your creative process that many people can take it for themselves, but they also can benefit of uh, working with you more closely on that aspect and it may be a little bit a little bit easier in terms it doesn't need to be like live zoom online at that moment it's more like uh, working through uh, videos and uh, um, as- asynchronic uh, if I believe that's the word <laughs> uh, so that's just given an ideas and and given t- tips for that and I would love to summarize our conversation with our final question uh, of the Balladance Life podcast. I ask this question every single guest at the end, regardless of what we talked about, and I'm very excited to ask you. So, the question is, what makes you fall in love with Balladance again and again, so you keep doing it for so many years? Um... I think like uh, it's uh, when the situation, uh, I will tell you like this, when the situation of yeah war starts in Ukraine, in that moment I was very scared, I was in stress, but I believe that I will come back to dance anytime, maybe after two months, maybe after six months, maybe after a year, but I will come back. Because um, maybe that's because uh, from the childhood I started to dance. Uh, All my life was connected with belly dance. All my, not all my friends, but the, I think 80% 
of my friends are connected with belly dance. Um, I have um, a lot of uh, um, like memories connected with belly dance. Uh, I think it's um, from childhood. Yeah, I was too young to think like um, that. But when I get older and older, and now I can say like I cannot believe my life with without dance because I will lose my passion. Uh, to live, yeah, passion to live uh, more happy in other situations, in different situations that it can be now in the world. That's it for today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and before you leave, don't forget to screenshot and share it with your friends. The more people get inspired, the better it is for our dance community. Until next time, keep shimming and see you soon. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free.